0: Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam, whoop-boom-shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, that we got it with punishment. Youngies
1: are with a fucking into what we come with. Others in love with the front and this family is running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. 28
0: Hey, folks, welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Uh, as you know, Sean and I are usually here each and every week getting excited for the playoffs as it goes on and on, but we have a special guest with us this week. Um, joining us from Premium Hoops and Indy Cornrows, this is Mr. Mark Schindler. Mark, welcome to 48 Minutes. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you guys for having me. I'm always, uh, always down to do a podcast, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amped to talk some hoops, man.
0: Yeah, so uh, we were just kind of talking a little bit before we got on the air that uh, although Mark is a Pacers fan, he is not going to bash on Paul George much in this episode. Um, so,
2: well, I, might I will, let him have it.
0: Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I, I might let, let him have it. it.
1: Actually, so funny story. Uh, the f- I think one of the it was probably the second story I ever wrote in New Corners. I wrote about how we need to stop booing Paul George at the Fieldhouse when he comes because it's been you know it's been three years since the trade happened. I have never gotten so much hate in my life for anything. <laughs> people, oh my god, that just blew wanna, up on Twitter.
2: People want to hold on to stuff, man, and they don't want to oh, let it go. Yeah, but th- yeah. but you know what? That's what makes fandom fun, you know? I'm uh I'm I'm all for uh I'm all for people getting engaged one way or another. But as long as it stays you know, Yeah, there's semi-sevil. a there's a level
1: to it. Like there's one thing to boost when, when they're taking free throws or uh you know, when they break a shot, but the, the the level that it goes to in the, in the field house can be a little bit overdone, but Paul George definitely had his day on Twitter last night. That was, uh, that's, I mean, dude, the Clippers slander has not stopped since, since the game ended. It's been nuts.
0: It's really funny because like we had heard stuff through the season, obviously like, you know, other teams don't really like the Clippers. They carry themselves like a team that's won, you know, s- four or five championships
1: and I you're like the Clippers like the Clippers to be completely. honest. Yeah.
0: Right. And I, that's what I've been saying all year. And we got to this point where we kept hearing this stuff here. And like, we were hearing things people would say, and it, was, it just came out last night with like, obviously Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum.
1: Oh, they were, they were um, out of
0: town, man. Jared Dudley doing the laugh crying emoji, like 10 times on his Twitter account, Jr. Smith just tweeting. So dot, dot, dot. And yes, I was very <laughs> into NBA Twitter last night, watching all this, but the, best part of the whole thing was for sure when when Damian Lillard tweeted at, at Pat Beverly I guess I should go ahead and uh, extend my Cancun reservations because for you guys
2: <laughs> just wonderful <laughs> yeah, so let's let's great.
0: let's start there um you were saying before we got on you're obviously happy for the Nuggets they're a smaller market team uh they have Nikola Jokic who has been outstanding um I am very proud to admit that I was wrong I was very wrong about the series I literally said in this show and I'll stand by it I did I did say it I can't back away from it that I said if I could pick the Clippers to win in three I would
2: you you really did say that I did say that you really did that there was been so much nugget slander especially in the last like two months from you yes and and you've kind of went out of your way to to give it and how do you feel
0: well, I'm still picking the Lakers to beat them. We'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Oh, I
2: don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. You want to do that? But uh, yes.
1: Make sure that you don't go up three to one. <laughs> right. <laughs> <anything>. Yes. Drop, <laughs> drop game four on purpose.
0: If you're going to drop one, make sure it's game four. Yes. Yeah. Go up three. Oh, that's fine. But um, yeah. So kind of talking about that team, obviously having a likable coach um, in Mike Malone, What did you kind of take away from what you saw from the Nuggets in, you know, starting round one with that amazing Utah series in this one, like how do you feel about this team now moving forward?
1: Yeah. um, I think what I look at, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I I think the Nuggets have surprised the hell out of me. Um, I wasn't super inspired by them in the bubble. I mean, partially they had, I mean, Will Barton, who's probably their third best player still out. He might actually, there's rumblings that he could come back for the Lakers series, but I, I don't know what kind of, condition he'll be in. So I, I wouldn't count on that too much. Um, but I mean, Jamal Murray has completely morphed in my eyes as a player. Um, I mean, he was just, I I always viewed him as a guy who had tons of potential, but was very inconsistent and he's really just been a consistent force for them. And he's, he's not still not a great defender, but I mean, he competes his, his butt off on that end. Um, Nikola Jokic has played like a top five player in the playoffs, honestly. Um, Overall, I just have a lot of confidence in this team to at least have a competitive series against the Lakers. Um, I'm, I don't think I would pick anybody one way or the other. Um, obviously, LeBron and, and AD are two top five, top ten players, every one of you, want to view Anthony Davis. Um, but I think there's a sizable advantage. If you look, you know, five through seven on each roster, um, I mean, like the, the next five or seven players on the roster, I, I would say – the Nuggets probably have six or six, five or six of the next seven best guys in the series, um, and I. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think Jokic is great at uh, facil- Obviously, he's a great facilitator. He's not just the greatest passing big man of all time. He's one of the best passers of all time. I think we just need to shed the the passing label. Like, I mean, the shed the big man label. Like, he's just a great passer. I think there's that's the only way to put it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to pick anybody either way. So sorry to cop out. Uh, no, but I, I, I think the Nuggets things. will – I'd be remiss to say this will be a short series.
0: Well, my thing on it is if you kind of go through – and I know this is kind of used on a few shows of late – is um, if you're doing like a fantasy draft of the two teams and you got like the first ten picks, you know, one and two I think are probably on the Lakers side obviously, three being Jokic, four probably being Murray – And like you said, from there, it's kind of a throws in the air. I mean, there's playoff rondo, but regular rondo, I wouldn't say is the case. Um, So that's one that kind of jumps out there. Um, Where where do you kind of see, like, what do you see the the jumps from the Nuggets more than you could see them really kind of expose the Lakers, kind of make things happen, kind of make this an extended series?
1: Yeah, um, I think taking game one is obviously huge. I mean, that's huge in any series, just statistically. That's the one the Lakers drop anyway. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's a good point. Um, I actually picked Houston to beat the Lakers, uh, which the, maybe that's – I just thought stylistically I, I, I didn't – I wasn't sure if they – would. sorry, my dog's trying to dig at the couch right now. I totally um, get that. Yeah, but um, no, I. Uh, winning game one is huge, obviously. Um, and then I'd also say winning the bench minutes because when LeBron sits, the Lakers are horrendous. They can't do anything on offense. Obviously, Rondo has changed that up a little bit. Rondo has also changed my eyes a little bit. He, I, I didn't expect him to have this big of an impact. Um, but I think if you can win the bench minutes, that's going to be significant and at least hold Pat with the starters, um, which I think the, the Nuggets could do. Except I do think uh, what the Nuggets are really going to struggle with is Anthony Davis's vertical threat. Uh, they have um, uh, Guarding him is going to be a, a real challenge for them. I'm interested to see what Mike Malone does to, uh, to try and counter that
0: shot
2: yeah i I, <laughs> I mean i agree with most of the things that you're saying but what wh- i gotta ask why why did you pick houston over over the lakers initially that's a great question um, <laughs> um I, I mean I'm gonna, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna dig at you a little bit no on no that.
1: that's fair that's totally fair um i think i had a lot more confidence in the rockets than i should have um I thought yes. Russell Westbrook was going to be a lot better. <laughs> I think that's what I, yes. that's what I would say. I mean, I think I didn't account for, you know, I, it, one thing that I've looked at the last week, um, especially after the Bucks got ousted, I started thinking about, you know, how how we're viewing things. Because, you know, obviously it's everything's going on in the bubble. We're just looking at, okay, it's NBA basketball. We're watching basketball. When you really zoom out and, like, try and look at it, you know, I think in terms of Nate McMillan being fired recently, um, talks of Mike Budenholz are being fired. Um, and you look at everything, you just think about what a crazy situation this is. Um, and, you know, guys who had COVID, guys who are coming in with getting injuries, you, you don't know, it's just such a different environment than, I mean, obviously that any of us has favored before. And um, I, I think taking that in perspective and trying to, to recognize that has maybe changed my views on some things. Um, so I think going back, if I would look at the Houston series, I would think a little bit differently. Um, but at the same time, I think they just kind of, they they rolled over a little bit in the last two games. Um, for sure. Yeah. Not to, I mean, James Harden had a great series outside the first game. He was incredible, but their role players really struggled. Um, and more importantly, the Lakers played insanely good. I I I think it's almost disparaging to just talk about the Rockets messing up. Like, the Lakers played the best defense I've seen in Orlando. They they were just totally on a string. Markeith Morris actually hit some shots and had a good game. So that was huge. I mean, if you can get your guys like having your role players actually make plays that they don't usually make compared to the other team. I mean, that's huge. If if Rondo and Markeith Morris are going to hit like six combined threes, I don't know what you're supposed to do against the Lakers.
0: Yeah, that's definitely valid. Um, Let's kind of go to the other conference series real quick. Um, obviously, last night we had an incredible game one between Miami and Boston with just unbelievable moment after moment after the moment. The band block, yeah. Dude, yeah, which is definitely what i want to touch incredible. on. Um, when you look at the series, now obviously as a Pacers fan, you saw the heat quite a bit um, in that first round. Uh, obviously, you know, Miami kind of ran with that one, but I thought there was you know two or three games in that series where Indiana really played well, had chances to win, but then Miami just kind of, move forward with what they're, whatever this mix is that's working so well for them. When you kind of look at this series, it's two teams that are so evenly matched. And it's like so unique of a situation where you see see this nowadays in the conference finals. Besides game one, obviously that's out of the way. We saw the heat at game one.
1: Uh, how do you feel kind of looking at the rest of the series so far? Um, I still think it's going to be really close. I uh, you know, Boston, I think Kemba Walker had just an awful game yesterday. Uh, he couldn't get separation from Goran Drogic, which is in uh, you know, considering Dragic has more gray hairs than my dad. That's uh that's <laughs> saying something. So I mean, uh I I hope that he will be better for them because I I mean I want Kemba to, to play well. I, I don't really care who wins the series. I just want a good series and for the guys to play well. Um but I mean the biggest thing for me is just Miami is playing so well together right now. And they remind me a lot of like I don't want to say uh, saying the 2004 Pistons is obviously a stretch, but you know, I mean, just like that similar team. I mean, this is not—they're obviously a talented group, but they're not a team that I even came close to expecting making a conference finals. Um, they're I mean, Spolster has them clicking on all cylinders. Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler apparently can hit threes now, which is just totally <laughs> not what happened in the regular season. I mean, How Jay about Crowder, that Jay
2: game last night,
1: he went five and nine from three. Like, it was great. Uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, he he shot twenty nine percent from three. On on the same volume in in Memphis this year, so I you know especially looking at the Pacers, I had I thought they would just completely scheme against uh, Miami to have Jay be the the lone shooter who's, who gets the ball at the end of the shot clock, and even then that did nothing. I mean they're they're just hitting everything. Goran Dragic looks like his all NBA form from like 2015. I mean yeah. They're, sorry, my dog's being up.
0: Totally get know. it, man. Don't even worry yeah. about it. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm still confident in, in Boston, though. It took, they, I mean, I think they got Miami's best shot right away. Um, and, it, I mean, Gordon Hayward is potentially coming back, which I think makes a huge difference because Oh yeah. Boston game yesterday. I mean, the real swing piece is they ran a lineup that was – I think it was Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, Shemi Ojale, and then with Tatum and Walker, and they were a minus seven in two minutes. Um, so I think the problem for Boston is they just don't have anybody on their bench Uh, Who they can rely on for a significant stretch, and I think if you just have one more guy, that makes a huge difference for them because their starters outplayed Miami a little bit, and uh, Jimmy Butler really didn't even get going until the last couple minutes of the game.
2: I I agree with everything you said there. Um, Going back to Miami, um, you said that you think they gave them their best shot immediately, which is kind of the way I feel about that that game last night. Um, cause it was close. It was close. And it, at times I was fairly positive that the Celtics were going to pull that thing out. Um, the end, obviously we got the, one of the biggest blocks in playoff basketball history. It's going to go down, especially if they win this series, it's going to be even more synonymous with, with this year's bubble play and you know, the NBA playoffs for years to come. But, um, how did you feel about that last three-pointer that jason tatum took which i i thought was i feel like that was obviously the swing part of the game like he i i feel like that shot was not the best shot he could get he didn't drive it or anything he shot far back he was contested what kind of moves is he's gonna have to i mean he, he played he's an outstanding player he played a great game last night i'm not taking that away from him but mm. a mistake like that um you know taking what I thought was not a great shot at the end of um, at the end of the overtime that like what what could he do to to improve on on that level because he's already so good already
1: yeah um that's a that's a great question I think I mean it's tough you know obviously it's a shot that you don't really when it doesn't go in it doesn't look great um, but that's been his bread and butter shot during his entire, you know, surge in the be- becoming a now 13 all NBA player. Um, I mean, that's what really helped him propel his game because he he stopped taking a lot of the long range twos that he was taking and, and started taking some step back threes instead. And he was hitting them sure. at crazy, crazy rates. Um, I think he tried to drive initially, but Jimmy Butler played some awesome defense on him and he couldn't get to the rim. I think I look more at, uh, Kemba's struggles. I mean, Kemba got the ball with five minutes left, probably you know six or seven times, um, and just could not make anything happen. I think they were they were trying to force the ball into Kemba's hand, hands. It felt like because they knew he was having an off night, um, and I think I look at that more. I, I obviously you want Tatum to be able to get to the rim, but I think that's kind of how I end up boiling it down. You know, it's again, it's kind of a cop out, but I think uh, looking at the possessions that happened beforehand, um, it changes my my thought on the, on the last shot a little bit.
2: So Kim is kind of the game changer in your eyes. Oh, and 100%. Obvious, and I obviously, think, obviously if they get Gordon Hayward back, that's going to solidify the bench, but he hasn't played. How long has it been since he played? It's been, I think what?
1: four weeks now
2: Four weeks now. Exactly. Yeah. And he's
1: on baby watch. And yes. He's on, he baby, is on watch. baby watch. Yeah. And, so and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, and again, that's not to disparage what Miami did, but I think I look at it. They shot 45% from three yesterday. Um, Duncan Robinson was the only shooter who did not have a good game. And that was because he picked up early fouls and just never gotten rhythm. Yeah. I think you expect Robinson's probably going to play well down the stretch because that's what happened against Indiana. He had one game where he didn't play well. And then all the rest he hit like just lights out from three. Um, I think they'll probably change up their defensive scheme a little bit. I'd actually like to see them not play. They played Jason Tatum on Jimmy Butler for most of the game, which I was surprised by because he's, he's a good one on one defender but he's much better as a help defender. Um, so I think that they might switch Jalen Brown onto him uh, just to try and, I mean, he, they did a good job of slowing down Jimmy Butler, uh, but Jason does a lot better stuff when he's helping off the nail. Um, but I think, you know, Kevin Walker is the biggest part of the series because they really don't have a guy who's great at defending small guards. I mean, Gordon Dro- Gordon Dragic is not a good defender. He's like solid positionally. But athletically, I mean, he's not – he should not be able to contain Kemba Walker.
2: No, um, I agree. So, I
1: think that's what I look at. And I think Kemba has to have a really good series for Boston to win this series. Um, but, I mean, Miami is just – they're clicking on all cylinders right now. So, I, I don't know. I think it's its kind of a toss-up for me still. Um, especially since I picked the Rockets recently. I'm trying not to get burned <laughs> too much with predictions <laughs> moving forward. So, yeah. Um. Well, I will say, I think, uh, I think all your guys'
0: points are great. I lean towards the Heat, but I do think it's a seven-game series. Um, yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me in this circumstance is, although I know it's like not the biggest role players for their team, Miami has a couple like, has experience in this situation. Obviously, Eric Spolstra yeah. has been to the NBA Finals four times, so he knows how to get teams there. Um, Andre Guadal is a Finals MVP. He's got three rings. Um, Udonis Haslam, I know, he isn't necessarily playing. No, he's yeah, an but having that, roster. I mean, having that veteran yeah. voice
1: in your locker room is huge.
0: Yeah, so I think that's why I lean the heat, but I do think it is a very close series. I'm not shocked if Boston wins by any means, not to pull the Chris Weber that I've been making fun of for weeks now, where I just Dude, say I'm not shocked uh, whoever wins. It's
1: been so freaking awful. Bad, I can't listen to Chris Weber.
0: Well, like when I get he's, Stan Van Gundy on a game, I'm like, this is wonderful. Oh, Stan's great. Yeah. I'm and learning more Mark basketball. And
1: JVG suck too. I mean, like, but Breen's incredible. Oh, yeah, Breen's great. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly I listen to a podcast during games most of the time now. If it's yeah. not Stan Van Gundy, that's a good um, idea. <laughs> it's I just mute it. I, it's, honestly I think it detracts from from watching the game sometimes.
0: So, um, not to kind of take away from where we're at currently, but I do kind of want to touch on the Pacers. Obviously, yeah, since for sure. kind of your bread and butter. Um, obviously, you know, a little different now that um, you guys let go of Nate McMillan. It's a lot of discussion who could potentially be the next coach. One of the names that keeps coming up is Mike D'Antoni. Uh, Mike D'Antoni just left Houston. There's a poor kid that came out today that he feels like he can make Victor Oladipo into James Harden, which also there's a talk that Victor Oladipo might not be there after this season or maybe even, maybe even by the trade deadline. When you or Whenever that trade deadline is, whenever the season starts, yeah, you know, that's also I mean, up it's, in the air. Yeah. Who knows? So when you look at how things are st- sorting out for the Pacers right now, how do you feel about this offseason? What are you looking for? And are you in the expectation that Mike D'Antoni will be coaching the Pacers?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I agree questions. I think I'll answer the coaching question first. I mean, I think the Pacers couldn't go wrong in hiring Mike D'Antoni. I think something I wrestle with is uh, you know what does the coaching hire mean for the franchise? I mean, they talked about Chauncey Billups as head coach, which is interesting. I mean, he's never He's never coached before, um, but obviously, great basketball mind. It's similar similar to Steve Nash, except Steve even had a little bit of stuff that, that went on with Golden State and player development. Still not coaching, um, but you know, it, you wonder is it better for this team? It, you know, their their prime window right now. I mean, Demonis Bonus is twenty four, Miles Turner is twenty four. I don't expect both those guys to be on the roster next year um i mean all their prime players are between 24 26 27 uh so you're looking at you're either going to start competing within com- really if you want this team to be contender it's within the next two or three years is when you're making your mark uh at least in my opinion um you know you have that that group that grows together kind of like what Denver's doing obviously they're still a little bit younger um but you have that group that grows together that's how you contend with some of the, the higher up teams like the clippers who just came together um through some awesome, you know, front office movement. But um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would be completely cool with Mike D'Antoni being coach. I think he's a phenomenal coach and would would do some awesome things for the Pacers. Obviously I think the roster has to change a little bit uh, before he comes in, but that's for any of the coaches. Um, I, if I had to place money on it, I would bet Mike D'Antoni becomes coach. I've heard, uh, you know, now that I've gone back, I mean, there's been some stuff going on around for like the last year before Nate McMillan was even, fired that Mike D'Antoni could become coach in Indiana. Um, So I think I'm sure the Pacers will do their due diligence in finding the right candidates and interviewing them. But I would not be too surprised if Mike D'Antoni is uh, is the head coach within the coming months. Um, In terms of looking at what the team will do, uh, Kevin Pritchard, uh, the team, uh, President of Basketball Operations in his postmortem presser was last week or the week before. I can't remember. Weeks are blending together now, um, but he talked about the NBA trade market being very active this summer. And I think you know yeah. if the GM is going to say that, they, he says the entire league. I think it, you read it a little bit as the team. And I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I don't think he would say that if there wasn't something coming up for Indiana. Um, I think you know I have some stuff on record that. Uh, miles Turner is not, not that the front office has said anything, but you know, there are a lot of rumblings that, um, he could be, he's prepared to, to be on a different team next year. Um, I, I I think it's more likely than not that he will be moved instead of Sabonis, but I think that the front office in my mind, has it made up that they can't, they can't coexist. And I would agree with that after watching them this year, they were good against regular teams, you know, average teams to, to below average, but against, you know, the top four teams in each conference, um, they had a negative net rating, which isn't going to work. I don't know what's going to happen with Victor Oladipo in in my dealings. You know, I have partial media availability and in the times that I've, I've been in and gotten to talk with him. um, I think he's just fed up with the media, which I understand. I had a lot of the narratives that get thrown around about him. I don't know him personally. You know, I don't, I don't know what he thinks. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his agent is doing. I know a lot of stuff has been flying around on Twitter and, and everything. So I try and take that with a grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that if, I mean, he hasn't come out directly and, and said, you know, I, I do want to play here for forever um, or not forever, but you know, he's, he's been vague about his next, <laughs> game, you know? I don't expect nice, to right? be there at his Walker. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think if I'm Kevin Pritchard, I, I, I look at every option. I think I look at trading him potentially because not just because of the idea of him leaving in free agency, but more, um, I mean, he had a historic injury in a, obviously in a negative way. Uh, there are like three other guys who I can think of since 2000 who have had that injury. is Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, and the other names escaping me. Um, but I mean, both guys, I mean, Kawhi still is not 100% after that injury. Tony Parker's career ended Three years later, again, it was later in his career, but still. So weird. It don't massive want hit on him. Yeah. And uh, and so, I mean, Victor had the one all-NBA year. He was a borderline top-ten player. The team was phenomenal. He was all-NBA. Um, First-team all-defense. He's 28 now, and he has not looked right in a, a year and a half. So, I think um, – because even when he came back the next season, I mean, he, he there was something up with his knee before he got injured. Uh, and he, he would sit out a couple games and come back. And so th- he never really was 100% that year. And I think that actually, I wish that he'd gotten time to just sit out and, and not play through it. But regardless, I just question whether or not he's ever going to be able to be at that level. And that's, I hope he does, but I'm just a pessimist, to be completely honest. Um, I, I don't know what I would do with him, but I think I personally, I would look at the trade market uh, this off season and see what's available not that i would necessarily shop him but i think you have to look at every option
0: well i can tell you i've talked about it on here um i cover the local college basketball teams in our area sean and i mm-hmm. are credential for that so <clears throat> i've met some guys for the pacers who have been scouts for the organization and have worked in different parts and i did hear rumblings that there was a lengthy conversation at one point this year about a miles turner for kyle
1: kuzma trade Oh, Jesus Christ. That is awful. Um, yes. <laughs> wow. I don't know what team wins that trade, but yes. Uh, t- uh, definitely the Lakers. Well, actually, the Lakers have like I don't 17 think big men. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, Miles Turner is definitely the better player, but that makes no sense for either team really. But yeah. Do you I guys wouldn't...
0: laugh at like – do you guys ever like laugh at like what you guys had to give up for uh, Malcolm Brogdon? Do you ever just sit back and go, that's it?
1: Uh, you know, I because I think it was a first and two seconds, and I think one of them, yeah. off. so yeah. it's like, I mean, it, it was worth it. I totally worth it, yeah. yeah. I I try it, <laughs> yeah. I think the, the Bucks made a mistake in letting him go. Um, absolutely, we talk about that and, all year, yeah. <laughs> I because especially, I mean, it's hindsight's 2020. Uh, signing Eric Bledsoe was, I don't think, entirely questionable. The playoffs magnify his shortcomings as a player but also i think their roster does too they they okay so they shoot a ton of threes but they really don't have a lot of good shooters i mean they right. shot i think they're 20 20th or 21st in three-point percentage this year um they shot below league average from three uh, and you have i mean george hill obviously a great shooter um kyle corver but he's he's playing like 10 minutes a game so you notice the pacers matters?
0: guy points out george hill first Oh,
1: dude, I love George Hill. George Hill could come back and play. Everybody
2: loves George.
1: Minus blonde, blonde George Hill was an awkward phase, man. I
2: forgot about <laughs> that.
1: It was, uh, God, it was, so it was weird. Too. And then, because that was when we got the Hickory jerseys too, and those are some of the worst jerseys ever in NBA history.
2: What? Oh, what are you oh, talking are about? Dude, those
1: are like the most hated jerseys in Indiana history. Really? Because I love them. Oh, Wait, no, are we talking terrible. the red ones with the yellow shorts? Yeah, the red ones. Okay, the yeah, yellow I, shorts agree. Are so I bad agree with that, awful. yes. Oh, they're so bad. I thought you were the talking ones, about the white okay, ones. The ones are that are, was... the, the white with red lining, those are fine. Yeah, but I love the, those. The, the the gold shiny shorts, Jesus, throw those out. Those were terrible. I'm well, so glad that this team doesn't well, wear those well,
0: anymore. Then, well, not that, to mention Hoosiers Shucks. It's a it's Yeah, is a terrible movie. Yes, anyone who's watching our live stream right now, that movie is not good.
1: It's not. It's really not. It's, uh... There are some low-key racist vibes in it too that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, are, are they
2: even low-key? It's, yeah, I don't think yeah, they're low-key. They're, they're not think they are they are not low key
1: It's I yeah, I'm there's there's a lot of things wrong with that movie that I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, the, the no, it's it's not a good movie. And I'm I actually, I don't know if the, the Jersey got real one Jersey. I really liked that, that a lot of people don't, the, do you remember the gray? I think it was the gray city edition jerseys this year. I really liked a lot of people. Didn't
2: those were fine.
1: They My all cool time favorite
0: thing. pacer Jersey is the mid nineties, Reggie Miller. Yeah, like and the stripes. stripe down the yeah. side. Navy, Navy oh, blue. the Baby blue. Okay, yeah. The yeah. Was, yeah, the Yeah, yeah. So those are my all-time favorite
1: Pacer jerseys. Where, where would
2: where would you say those rank in terms of uh, as a as a person who covers in the Indiana? I don't.
1: Like- I personally, so this is a, a little um, might catch the heat for this. I don't like the flojo jerseys. Oh, I think no. they're, I don't like baby blue. Oh, That's no. probably why. Um, but I actually I am impartial to my favorite jerseys. My number one would be from the early nineties. Uh, so when Detlef shrimp was still with the, places, Oh yeah. So yeah. Like 90, yeah. 91. The they had guy. more plain jerseys. Um, so there were no stripes on them actually. It was just like plain white or, or plain gold or blue. Um, with, I mean like there were some stripes, but not like the, the pinstripes or like with bars or anything. I liked those jerseys a lot. They were clean and pretty simple. Those, and then those, I, are, those are
2: fine. Those are fine. Yeah.
1: And then I really liked the, uh, mid, to late 2000s jerseys uh that just got discontinued in i think 14 14 or 15 yeah those were my favorite jerseys uh the the gold alternate on those were sick uh, but that's because when i that's when i started i really got into the team in like the 13 14 eastern conference finals so
2: yeah hell of a team that year
1: Oh yeah. Uh, well, for part of the year, they went 43 and eight and then everything fell apart. So mm-hmm. they, I mean, we got some great press conferences and, uh, well, it depends on what term for great, but yeah, that team was, uh, it was something that's for sure.
0: Well, I cover <laughs> I cover Xavier. So like, you yeah. know, if you mentioned the name David West there, yeah,
1: I've interviewed David West before. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, he's fun great. To talk to
0: and obviously I couldn't be doing my job. I didn't ask about Edmund
1: Sumner. And- oh dude, I, I, uh, sorry, ask your question. My bad. I get, no, no, no. I was going to say like,
0: what do you see his role growing into? Because it seems like he had some good sparks in the
1: bubble. Yeah. It's, uh, I actually remember talking with some of my colleagues about it, uh, at Indy Cornrows. We were kind of disappointed that he didn't get more playing time in the Miami heat series. Uh, he was, you know, the one game when Duncan Robinson did not play well, it's because Edmund Sumner was guarding him. Um, I mean, he was the only person on the team who can actually get over screens, Um, and Chase Duncan Robinson off pin downs and and any kind of action. And he only got playing time in the first game because Vic went out with the eye injury and then Aaron Holiday got in foul trouble. He played like 33 minutes and then he played about 10 minutes the rest of the series. Um, So I was disappointed in that. I think it's going to be tough for him to find playing time moving forward. Um, One thing I look at is maybe uh, if the next coach decides that TJ McConnell is going to move back a spot and give Ed more run. I hope for that. As much as I like T.J. McConnell as a person, he's just um, – and he he's he solid in the regular season. But, he, I mean, he was he could not function on a playoff basketball team, at least not at a high enough level. And I think Sumner has the potential to be a, a starting-level player. Uh, I don't know if it will happen with the Pacers just because you have Aaron Holiday in front of him, obviously Victor and, and Malcolm, Jeremy Lamb. I mean, there's a lot of guys in front of him. Um, but I would really like to see him grow into being like the ninth or 10th man because that would be a step up for him. So uh, health is just the biggest thing for him, man. He's never healthy, uh, and I hope that it works out for him. Uh, I don't know if the shot is ever going to be there. Uh, He worked on it a lot this year, and some fell. A lot did not. um, He's just somebody – he reminds me a lot of kind of like uh, – I'm not a big football guy, at least not anymore, but he reminds me a lot of like – you remember Darius Hayward Bay. He got drafted yeah. by the Steelers ran like the fastest 40 time in history until I think like four or five years ago could not catch a ball to save his damn life. That reminds me of Edmund Sumner, just an incredible, incredible athlete. He's skilled, but like his skills have not caught up, caught up to the level of athleticism he's at. So like he'll I mean, he'll get like a wide open break to the rim off of a uh, off of a closeout and just completely he'll miss the backboard with the ball. Like, uh, and that's a little that's dramatic, but that's an actual like sequence that happened against Miami, um, and, and that stuff happens a lot just because he doesn't have the ball under control a lot. So that's something I look for him to improve on for sure.
0: Um, Well, you you know, you said you only had a short time with us, and we kind of took a little more than you said, so I really appreciate it, man. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, tell everyone about Premium Hoops. Tell everyone about your podcast. Make sure everyone knows where they can find Mark Schindler and your work, man.
1: Yeah. Well, um, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. I, I appreciate it and I'm happy to come back anytime. Um, well, so premium hoops is a thing I started up with some of my friends. Um, we just, you know, we come together, write articles. Uh, we have a podcast going at release normally like three, four, sometimes five a week. It just depends how much is going on. Um, always have guests, uh, and, you know, we just want to cover the league a little bit differently. We're hoping to keep growing it, and it's it's already started to grow a lot compared to where we were at a couple of months ago. Um, you know, I think the small markets get covered in a way that is, you know, it, it gets covered a lot. I don't know if you're aware of DMVR out in Denver, but, you know, I really like what they're doing in terms of their coverage of Denver sports, and um, I, I want premium hoops to be very similar, you know, in terms of covering small markets and doing them justice and just covering the whole league and treating it like a league instead of, Bleacher reporting it and having 570 tweets about Alex Caruso, you know, like it, there's, there's a lot more going on than just what's going on in the primetime games. So I think, you know, that's what we're about and just doing things the right way. But uh, yeah, you can find me at M Schindler NBA on Twitter. Uh, premium hoops is at premium hoops, MBA on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. And then also premium hoops.org. And you can find my work in Indy Cornrose, but uh, I'm around. So thanks again for having me guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of 48 minutes. Everyone, thank you for tuning in and have a good night.